Good afternoon, listeners. My name is Phil C, and this is Aussie, Aussie, Aussie Flashbacks. I do it every single Sunday. I start from 4 o'clock. Hey, it is 4 o'clock already, and have I got a fantastic program for you this afternoon. My special guest to air is Mr. Normie Rowe. Okay, now Normie's going to be talking to us all about his music career. Uh, way back in the day, way back in uh, the early 60s when he f- became, I guess you'd call him the original king of pop, and uh, about his uh, time when he was drafted or conscripted, it was called in Australia, wasn't it? It was a conscription. The um, Vietnam, the Vietnam Army, he was he was called up. That, i got to tell you, that wasn't a fun thing, and... Um, yeah, you really need to check out this interview with him. I, I'm not going to call it an interview. It's a chat. It's a it's a phone chat between two mates. It just happens to be recorded uh, because we did this the other day and it's going to be played live to air. And I did check in with him and I said, hey, Normie, you sure you want to put all this to air? And he said, absolutely. So you're in for a treat where this is concerned, okay? The, the interview is fantastic. It, it went for quite a while. So what we've done is we've cut it up into a few different segments and um, it's going to just play throughout the show, like I did with Frankie J, okay? Frankie J's went for about an hour and we, we spoke about some things, played a bit of music. So we're going to do the same with Normie. And um, I've got some great music programmed for you this afternoon. And don't forget, if you want your requests, one three double O. 494988, the old-fashioned way, if you want to just talk to yours truly, Phil C. Or you can text me. You can text in your request, you know, 0492-994-445. Okay, and that's the way it's done. Now, also, we have got uh, a couple of people. One was celebrating a birthday yesterday, our original Queen of Pop, Olivia Newton-John. She uh, celebrated her 72nd birthday yesterday and also sadly gone to rock and roll heaven. Makes me sad to actually say this name. Went to rock and roll heaven, Max Merritt. He's gone to rock and roll heaven. So we're going to play a couple of his tracks as well, okay? So I'm going to start on a happy note. I'm going to do a birthday song. This is for our original Queen of Pop... Yeah, you know the girl I'm talking about. It's not one of her biggest hits, but it's a favourite of mine. It's a number called Tenerfield Saddler, Olivia Newton-John. The late George worked on High Street, lived on manners. 52 years he sat on his rider and made his saddles. And if you had questions about sheep, Flowers or dogs You just ask the saddler He lived without sin Building a library for him Time is a traveler field saddler Turn your head Ride again, jackaroo Think I see kangaroo It's easier to drink than go crazy And if there were questions about why The end was so sad 
George had no answers about why a son ever has a need of a gun. Time is a traveler, tend field saddler, turn your head. Ride again, Jackaroo, think I see kangaroo on the head. you think of the first song listeners Centerfield Saddler Olivia Newton-John and of course the uh, the original the man who actually wrote that song Peter Allen gone to rock and roll heaven so as I said uh, right at the start Olivia Newton-John she was born 26th of September which of course uh, I think was yesterday wasn't it yes I'm just kidding of course it was yesterday 1948 now a British Australian singer she was songwriter actress dancer entrepreneur um, and an incredible Australian talent. I could go on and on and on, and she was in that movie called Xanadu. That was a favourite of mine. And I remember this clip, because Livy always used to have this uh, real sweet, innocent girl-next-door sort of attitude and look, and then, of course, she made this, and people looked at her and thought, Mmm, Livy, what have you done? Anything special you want to hear, listeners? One three double O. 494-988 or text me on 0492-994-445.
Oh, there you go. Do you remember that clip, listeners? Let me hear your body talk. <laughs> wow. I remember it. I remember a very different Olivia Newton-John in that one. Anyway, celebrating her 72nd birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Livy. A fantastic entertainer and uh, she's had a share of hard stuff with uh, health issues and so on and so forth and I hope she lasts another 10 or 20 years. She's one of my favourites. All right, now this guy is one of my favourites as well and sadly passed away, gone to rock and roll heaven, Max Merritt and the Meteors. Now, um, Max Merritt, as you know, uh, he was born 24th of September. So, uh, no, no, I'm telling, I'm telling a lie. He died on the 24th of September. He was actually born in April, April 1941, 30th of April, I think. Um, and, of course, he was a New Zealand-born singer, songwriter and guitarist. He was a renowned, um, as, a, I guess, an interpreter of soul music and R&B. Now, an unbelievable entertainer. And what more can I say? He's now gone. He'd be jamming up there with Billy Thorpe, Lobby Lloyd and all those other legends, Doc Neeson, and they'd be all having a hell of a party. That's all I can say. So to this man, I'm going to play you a couple of tracks. Max Merritt, gone to rock and roll heaven.
Oh, there we go. That, of course, is Max Merritt and the, the Meteors. Now, that song, Hey, Western Union Man, uh, that was, uh, let me think, that went to about number 13, I think. Um, he's probably most recognised, of course, for his number two uh, single back in 1976 of, um, uh, what was it? Um, 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 of course I know what it is. I'm just waiting for somebody to yell me the answer. Slipping away. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for somebody to pick up the phone and call me. So his biggest hit, of course, Slipping Away, back in um, 1976. That went to number two. And um, Hey Western Union, man, as I say, number 13. Now, Merritt. Oh, Max, he rose to his prominence in New Zealand because he was born in NZ um, from 1958. And then he relocated to Sydney uh, around about 1964, I think. That was that was about the year I hit these shores. Um, and, of course, he was he was acknowledged definitely, most definitely, as one of the uh, best local performers in the 60s and 70s, uh, absolutely for his influence. Um, he did so much to popularise soul music, R&B, uh, and rock. So there he is. Now he's gone to rock and roll heaven, but will never be forgotten, especially with music like this. Oh, it's 
There you go, listeners. Well, he has slipped away. Max Merritt gone to rock and roll heaven. Another legend gone. And we lost one only a couple of weeks ago too, Tim Partridge. What an incredible bass player. We had a bit of a spout of this, didn't we, some time ago. There We lost two or three Aussie legends in a matter of two or three weeks. It was just terrible. I thought, goodness me, we're running out of legends. And um, I'm going to do my best. It's my mission to keep their music alive and make sure that the young people on the planet listen to some of these legends, okay? And I'm also going to try and introduce um, some of the newer acts to try and um, promote their music as well because there's a lot of great talent out there. Um, You know, for example, Corey Legg, he was one of my special guests on the program about three weeks ago. He had a brand new album come out on the 2nd of this month. Um, called Some Days, fantastic, going really, really well for him. Um, but you know what, before before that happened, he was actually in a band called the Swamp Stompers and he was with uh, another chap called Corey Legg um, and also he was with um, 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 Luke Leitenberg. He was, he's another member of the band. And they had some incredible stuff, you know. These guys are actually doing a show... For my listeners on the Mid-North Coast in Taree. 
um, at the Manning Entertainment Centre. So I'm not sure how the ticket sales are going. I know, I know they're selling really, really quickly, actually. And, you know, with COVID, the numbers are kind of restricted. So if you're interested in doing that, um, make sure you check out the Manning Entertainment Centre. Um, Swamp Stompers are going to be on there, and they're also going to have Darren Jack. Now, Darren Jack, wow, he's an incredible blues guy and good friend with Kevin Borich. So if you want to see some really good uh, live music uh, coming up in the next few weeks, uh, that's one of them. And I'm going to play you some of their music. I'm just going to give you a little snippet of Swamp Stompers, okay? This is uh, a number called Swamp Stomp Boogie. Swamp Stompers. Check them out, folks.
Hey, there you go, folks. The Swamp Stompers doing the swamp. Now, I'm going to play another track by these boys, and if you do want to see them, they've also got Darren Jack with them, and I'm going to play a track of his in a moment. They're at the um, Manning Entertainment Centre, and the date of that is Friday the 23rd of October. Starts at 7.30pm, finishes about 10 Tickets are selling fast. I'm going to be at that gig. I'm going to be catching up with the Swamp Stompers. And, of course, Darren, I met both those guys at the uh, Wingham Acoustic Festival a couple of years ago. So I will be there. If any of my listeners are out there and they want to catch up with me, that's a good way to meet me out there. Um, It's not expensive. It's like $25 to see two incredible acts. But because of COVID, you know, the numbers are restricted. So whatever you do, you've got to make sure you get on that uh, on that website, which is the uh, Manning Entertainment Centre. Just Google it. It's uh, it's just in the Tari area. And um, 25 bucks, two incredible acts, 7.30 to 10, two and a half hours of music. Hey, what more could a person ask for? I'm going to play you this next one by the Swamp Stompers, and this is from their Suspended Sons uh, EP. It's a number called... February light sparkle, bright suspended sun, fluttering flickers, the city never sleeps. Perched upon the hillside, the highway feeds the city, drip feed artery to the river deep. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. 
February. The Swamp Stompers, and as I said, they are performing live along with Darren Jack, and that is Friday, 23rd of October for my Mid-North Coast listeners, and um, $25 a ticket. It's on at the uh, Manning Entertainment Centre, Friday, 23rd of October from 7.30pm. And as well as the Swamp Stompers, you get to hear this guy, Darren Jack. Now, I'm going to play a song from uh, his 2011 album. It's a number called uh, Better Place. And, of course, I'm going to play the title track, Better Place. Darren Jack, folks.
Oh, there you go, listeners. Darren Jack, incredible entertainer. And for $25 with the Swamp Stompers, you'd be mad to miss it, okay? It's the uh, Friday, 23rd of October, 7.30 p.m. start, $25 a ticket at the uh, Manning Entertainment Centre. Now, if you're a little bit curious as to why the lead singer of the Swamp Stompers sounded so much like Corey Legg, it's because he was. So I'm going to play you a track, one of his singles from his latest album, uh, which, of course, is called Some Days. It came out on the 2nd of this month. And then straight after that, I'm going to play a few requests. So I've got a few on the pad. I've got some for Steve. i got some for uh, Megan. I've got uh, Jessica and um, a couple of others. So if you do want to hear a song or two, just give me a call on 1300 or message me on 0492994445. All righty, I'm going to play this. This is from Corey Legg. It's called Fireball. It's a single from his Someday's album.
Well, there you go, listeners. That, of course, is Fireball, the first single from um, Corey Legg's brand-new album, Some Days, which came out on the 2nd of this month, 2nd of September. I'm going to play some requests now. I've got a request here for Steve. Steve sent me in a, a couple of requests. I've got some for, as I said, I've got Megan, I've got Jessica, I've got Chris... And uh, I've also got Norman Rowe on the show a little bit later on. I've got uh, I've got a bit of a plan with that one because our, our phone interview went for oh, about an hour. So we've uh, we've cut it into different sections. Okay, we start with his uh, early early hits. It ain't necessarily so, and um, all his early stuff. Well, a couple of his early stuff, and uh, we talk a bit about how he went to England and toured with uh, the Trogs and Gene Pitney, and then when he came back from there, he was uh, signed up for Vietnam and got called up. That is pretty pretty serious stuff. That uh, That's the second part, I think, uh, was when he was called up. You really got to listen to this entire interview because it's uh, – I hate that word, interview – I'd rather say a phone chat because Normie and I have had a few conversations before and during and after this. As I said, I, I've got, I got back in touch and said, Normie, you sure you want me to wear all of this? And he said, yep, absolutely. So it's very, very um, interesting and compelling stuff. You want to you make sure you listen to the whole thing. I'm going to place it throughout the entire uh, program this afternoon and also play a lot of his hits. So make sure you stick out and um, listen to that, all righty? My next one, this is the first request for the afternoon and it's a song by Stella Donnelly. It's going out to Steve. Now, Steve's uh, in the Newcastle area and I met Steve probably two, three weeks ago uh, when I was uh, holidaying around about, around the place in my caravan. I met these guys up at Scott's Head and a um, very knowledgeable guy and he's always sending me interesting requests. This one he's asked me for by Astonna, Stella Donnelly is a number called Tricks. Now, if you've not heard much about uh, Stella, Stella Donnelly, she, um, she's only a young girl, actually. She, she was born of 92, I think. Um, now, she's a Welsh-Australian musician. She, she was born in Western Australia to the Welsh mother, and she spent some um, childhood years living in uh, uh, Morriston before moving to Perth. Now, you've got to check out this track. I've listened to these ones um, to make sure that, uh, not to make sure, but I, I really wanted to hear them because I've not heard much of Stella before. And this is one for Stephen in Newcastle. It's called Tricks.
Yeah, you heard the lady. Settle down, settle down, sit back, relax. It's <laughs> Sunday afternoon. You would still Phil C on Aussie 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 flashbacks. I do it every Sunday. Start at four PM, okay? Now if you've missed any of my past shows, please go to my website. Don't despair. Aussieflashbacks.com.au. Now there you're gonna find if you check on the uh, menu bar, you're gonna find the past programs, past interviews. Follow me on Facebook, alrighty? That's that's the good thing to do because then you're gonna know what's going on in the show, what's coming up and also check me out on spotify as well that's a good that's a good place to be as well so aussie flashbacks with phil c every sunday from 4 p.m okay now i'm sending out my next request now this one's going out to megan and uh megan is the other half of steven and uh, she's asked me for a couple of tracks uh, the one she asked me for first up, the very first one she asked me for, was a number by Nick Cave. This is a really good song. You can tell these guys know a lot about their music, okay? The song she's asked me for is a number called Into My Arms. Going out to you, Megan. in 
Going out to Megan, Nick Cave, Into My Arms. Now, as I said, I'm going to be playing this interview in just a moment, okay? Well, the first part of it, and uh, I've got some uh, great stuff to be playing along with it, okay, throughout the course of the afternoon. We start out with um, some of his really, really early hits. Now, he's also got... um, um, a brand new album, which is called Missing in Action. Now, you can only get this from Normie's website. You won't find it on Spotify or any of those other free platforms. And I, I, we were chatting about it during our, our interview, and I think it's an important thing to remember that, you know, artists, they, they, they work hard for their craft, and then their music goes on to Spotify. And, you know, to quote Normie, you get about thruppence hapence every time somebody plays it. So I'm going to be playing a couple of tracks um, that you can't get unless you go to his website. And I think that's pretty important. You should be paying if you want to listen to this man's music. He's been around a long time and he deserves that, you know. You shouldn't just expect to get it all for free. So the first one, because a lot of people do, and that's kind of a little bit annoying, a little bit frustrating. I always buy my music and uh, even when people offer it to me for free, I still say, look, you heard, you, had to, you had to pay it, you had to make it. It's not fair, you know what I mean? It really isn't, and I, I don't think it's right. So I'm going to play you um, one of the songs, uh, not from his new album. He does have um, an EP and a single, and um, they're on his website. If you just Google, it's so simple. If you go to Google and say, Normie Rowe, original website, um, official website, Normie Rowe official website, it's going to take you to a really great website. Now on there, there's an incredible bio about his music and his his life, what happened, which we're talking about in a little while. There's a shop on there where you can purchase his music. So check it out, okay? Normie Rowe official website. Just do that in Google. That's all you need to do. I'm going to play you one of these ones. Um, As I said, it's on there. The number is called Poor Boy... Big City.
Oh boy, Big City, Normie Rowe, one of his newer tracks, okay, and what you've got to do is go to his official website, Normie Rowe official website, go there, go on the shop and have a look at all the great stuff he's got for sale. I'm going to play you another track by Normie and uh, this again is only available on his website. It's called Stay With Me Baby, Normie Rowe. Going to have the first part of his interview very shortly, he's got to get through another one request. Wasn't I there? Didn't I 
First night we met, there on the sand-covered shore. The moon shone brightly in your eyes as you looked up at me and lay in my arms. You said, "Baby, baby, as long as I live, I want this moment to live with me." And then you tell me you can't do it anymore. And now, as you, you're turning around and you're walking out the door. And say.
Now, can that man sing or can that man sing? Normie Rose, 73 years young, and we're going to have him on the program very, very shortly. Uh, I've got to play a request. This one's going out to Chris. He wanted to hear some Ross Wilson, and the track he's asked me for is a number called Better Nails.
Ross Wilson's Bed of Nails. Going back to 1989 with that one from the Dark Side of the Man album. Incredible album, his first uh, debut solo album. Um, and uh, that particular song, which was, of course, uh, Bed of Nails, that, um, I think that peaked at around about 26. And the other single from the album was the same as the album title, Dark Side of the Man. It's an incredible album. You really should uh, check it out. I, I think it's an incredible album anyway. And that was a selection of Chris's from Woi Woi. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm now going to play the first part of this interview we had with Ross, uh, with Ross, with Ross, goodness me, with Normie Rowe, okay? The, you're going to have to stick the whole program out if you want to hear the whole interview because we cut it up into four bits. We took nothing out of it. We just sort of selected where to stop and where to start and it is done as it was done. And we're going to start with part one right now. Uh, well, listeners, as planned, my very, very special guest for you this evening is uh, an Australian, one of Australia's original king of pop, Mr. Normie Rowe. How are you, Normie? Yeah, good. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, terrific. Fantastic stuff, my friend. Fantastic stuff. First of all, before we start our uh, our little phone chat, I like to call them phone chat, not interviews. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. My listeners are going to be absolutely thrilled, and uh, it's so good to have you on the show. My pleasure. Now, first thing, let's go right back. Let's go right back to when you first started your career, which was in the early early sixties. You had some fantastic hits. Um, I guess, I guess your what would have been your first hit? It ain't necessarily so. Do you, that would have been your first one. Ain't or, necessarily so. It was recorded in 1965. Early. Yes. Uh, by that time, I had been singing in dances around Melbourne right. uh, for for about six years. Uh, I started. I started when I was uh, 12, 13, singing yep. in dances, and then I was an overnight success. But it took seven years or six years. To be an overnight success, but basically, you know, it was that recording uh, plus the popularity that of uh, of all the artists on the Go Show, which came out of Melbourne during that time. Right, right. Now I did. I've done a little bit of research about you, and I understand that back in the day, EMI had the chance to sign you up, but they said you couldn't <laughs> sing. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't yeah. the, wouldn't the guy have made that decision be get, have got a kick in the pants? They reckon you couldn't sing. Yeah, well, um, I've been accused of that a number of times by people, funnily enough, who'd never ever heard me sing. Okay. So uh, um, it came up a bit later on when uh, a lady by the name of Maria Prorauer, who has left us now, I believe, but she was the opera writer for The Australian. Right. And when I received the, the, um, the information, the, the news that I'd got the lead role in Les Miserables, she said, Normie Rowe in the balcony-busting role of Jean Valjean mm. in Les Miserables? Yeah, yeah. You've got to be kidding. Yeah. And obviously she'd never seen me sing before and, and it's re- I just looked at it and I thought, well, <laughs> just goes to show people are, you know, they can be really judgmental without any having any objectivity. Well, I got to tell you, in, I actually looked that up because uh, it is there is a clip of that on YouTube for for my listeners who want to actually have a look at you singing. 
um, bring him home. What, what an incredible performance. I mean, you obviously were, were born to not only sing but to perform on the stage because that was quite quite a, uh, an amazing performance in that particular role. Yeah, well, it was uh, obviously a... Um, I think it's been the centre point of my life, but, uh, you know, a thing like that, for the musical theatre, it was sort of, I suppose, akin to playing Hamlet or, or Richard III or something like that, you know. Absolutely. It was just one of those standout roles, but there were a lot of standout roles in that particular production. It was pretty marvellous. But so, that was, that's further down the road. We're getting back to... to yes. ...necessarily so... Uh, I, I sort of, um, I Belong With You, which was um, Bobby and Laurie's first record, uh, got to, I think it was number three in Sydney. Yes. And, uh, and I recorded in the same venue uh, in Melbourne, which is now a, a, a sort of a, a music club uh, these days. Uh, and the engineer was Bill Armstrong, the producer was Pat Alton, the Playboys, um, the, the vocal backing was uh, the Four Kinsmen, the original Four Kinsmen, and uh, Marcy Jones and another one of the other girls, uh, I think it was Pat Carroll, uh, Dave Howard, all of the Playboys. Like the vocal backing was across the board around about, I think, 12 or 14 singers. Um, who And when you listen to it, ain't necessarily so uh, without any distractions. It's quite amazing that it was all recorded on a single track machine. Okay. I mean, there were there, there were overdubs, but we we overdubbed uh, did a thing called bouncing in those days where you'd you'd play back the original track and then record another three tracks because we had three channels that would feed into one track on the machine, uh-huh. and uh, and so there was. It's amazing to listen to it and realise that. The thing that we always worried about was a thing called generation loss. And uh, every time you did an overdub, you lost a, a bit of the quality. Well, the genius really was in in the ear and the, the knowledge of Bill Armstrong, who was, was a doyen of the recording industry in Australia. Okay. Just one thing I wanted to ask you about that first song, and ain't necessarily so... That, look, that, that was a, some of the lyrics in that. That would have been a bit challenging for a lot of people back in that time. Plus, you you had long hair back in those times, so you're sort of challenging the lyrics of what's going on in the Bible. How, how did how did your audiences handle that one? Well, I understand that the song is from Porgy and Bess. Yes, and, I, uh, I suppose we I, I suppose we took it out of context. It was a song by the character Sporting Life. And I suppose we took it out of context, which raised a lot of eyebrows, especially with with uh, the the very conservative church-going uh, organisations such as the Catholic Church, um, who owned the radio station in Sydney, 2SM, 2 Santa Maria. Yeah. And uh, they did what I think was made a really silly move. Uh, they banned the record. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, of course... You know, if you want somebody to buy in those days, especially if you wanted to have somebody buy your uh, whatever your output, whether it be a record or a book or or a television show or whatever, uh, all you have to do is create a controversy, and uh, it would be um, it'd be a walk up start for a success. 
and we didn't even try to do that. I mean, I I just looked at it as a song that was had a little bit of a gospel-y sort of feel to it. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, the kids just loved it. It was off the wall compa- com- compared to what uh, the general run of the way music was going. Um, and I suppose it stood out in the way that the, the Seekers uh, in, and their success stood out in amongst the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Uh, it was just something different to listen to. Indeed, indeed. And such a good song, though. I mean, even at the time. So t- now- well, it was brilliantly it was brilliantly rearranged by Pat Olsen, who put all the uh, the key changes in and uh, put the um, made it. Uh, he, I think he, in another world, created the wall of sound that Phil Spector was so famous for, and, and at that stage, neither of them had had, had produced the big hits yet. So, um, you know, that wall of sound, if you listen to it, it's, it's, it's a much bigger sound than you ever thought uh, would come out of a four-piece band and, and a couple of vocal backing singers and, uh, and, and a, a pop singer had never recorded before. Right, <laughs> right. And then and you moved on with, with – you had like ten hits, didn't you? About ten or twelve hits. <sighs> In your early part yeah, of your career, I think there are there are there are eleven there are eleven top ten records. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And um, yeah, because I remember your second one, "I Who Have Nothing." Yes, that was uh, um, that was rather a love of mine. I I first uh, was aware of it with uh, uh, with Benny King um, and Laurie Allen of the Bobby and Laurie duo had a band called the Blue Jays. Right, which ended up being Tony Worsley's band, mm-hmm. and the Blue, Blue Jays would—they were a bit of a show band, and they would come to our dance in in Melbourne, and every now and then, and they they would draw a crowd, and they everybody loved uh, them because they did sort of big big production big production numbers, and and Laurie would stand there with this big timpani drum. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's really good. So, I mean, I was inspired by a number of people, but I, just, I always loved Benny King's um, version of that, and I wanted to record it at some stage. Uh, and even the um, uh, even the the the, uh, the photos of the album that that came from. Um, I, I, des- I basically designed that. I said I wanted it just sort of black and white and, mm-hmm. and hat full of emotion. And, um, and it, which, when I look back at it, think about a seventeen-year-old <laughs> wanting to create that that uh, atmosphere it was quite an amazing thing, you know. And this, well, I don't know that I could do that today. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, the thing I, I love about young people is they don't know they can't. They don't know they can't. No, there's no such word as can't in their vocabulary, isn't it? It's just yeah, I couldn't. It, either they they want to do it or they couldn't be bothered. It's just that I can't. If you do had it. any experience, you would know that you can't do that. <laughs> but go ahead, and they go ahead and and are incredibly successful. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of incredibly successful, you had your third, which was your a double A sided thing, wasn't it? Case Sarasara Doris Day. And then shaking all over. That's when it just went absolutely wild for you in the industry, didn't it? Really? Yeah, and you know, both of those songs weren't were 
well, neither of those songs were actually planned for the album. Um, okay. And we'd, we'd, we'd run two tracks short, and uh, we'd been doing Shaken All Over anyway, just as a song in, in our show. And Kesara, I had been trying to get the Playboys to learn Kesara for uh, probably three or four years at that stage. Anyway, they went out, learned it, came back, and we recorded the. I think we put the album down in about two days. Wow. Um, so it took no time at all. I mean, I can hear, I, I had uh, severe nasal and uh, sinus congestion in those days uh, when I was recording Shake It All Over, and I can hear the adenoids, uh, swollen adenoids, going, oh, but Shake It All Over. But people, uh, people, unless I point it out, uh, people don't, don't sort of hear it, funnily enough. It's, you never, and I, I suppose what I, I should agree to my own adage that you never point out your mistakes because no. other people might not have seen them. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 next time I play that, and I'm actually going to play um, either before this this uh, this chat or or I'll play it after the chat. Um, I'm not sure yet where I'm going to place it in, but um, I, I've never actually heard anything like that. That's that's interesting that you should tell us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I should have shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe you should. I don't know, but um, oh, it's good. To, it's good to know that anyway. Um, so, so tell me, like you were, you were a, a, a superstar riding on a huge wave. You went to England and you you were doing shows over there and touring over there back in the sixties with the Trogs and um, some. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other people you were, you were working with. Uh, uh, well, the the big one for me was uh, was Gene Pitney. Gene Pitney, yes. Whom, whom I he was m- one of my big idols. Gene Pitney, Roy Orbison, and my singing teacher Jack White taught so many great Australians. Uh, Johnny Johnny Farnham, I believe, when he was young, had he had some input into John singing. He had some input into uh, there was a wonderful singer in Melbourne by the name of Colin Cook. And I, I asked Cookie, because he used to sing Orbison songs and Pitney songs and all. And I thought, wow, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and I said, he said, I, I, well, I've got a singing teacher. And I said, can I get his name? And I went off to, to see Jack White for, oh, I guess I, I was with him for three years before I went on the road. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, I was religious about my practice every day. I'd practice for at least an hour. Uh, I do all the breathing exercise, all the stuff that you really need to be able to, you know, be well, to be a, um, a professional performer. Right. You know, so it. Yeah, uh, uh, I think you really need to put in the hours. You know, it doesn't matter what you play, whether it's a guitar or or a trumpet or or your instrument is your voice. You have to put in the hours. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, you, you, as I was about to say, you were riding on this crest of a wave and you, you were Australia's king of pop really back in the day and you went to England and then you had to come back to Australia because you were uh, had to put your name down for the conscription for the Vietnam War. That's right. So tell I us a bit back. about that, Normie. 
And there you go, listeners. If you want to find out all about that, he's going to tell us in the second part, all right? But you've got to stick around. You've got to wait for it because it's uh, it's pretty interesting, all right? And there was no holds bar there. We're going to be doing that shortly. But before we do, he mentioned, Normie mentions songs like It Ain't Necessarily So, Kesarasara, and Shaking All Over, and we're going to play them right now. It ain't necessarily so It ain't necessarily so The things that you're liable to read in the Bible Ain't necessarily so Moses was found in a stream Moses was found in a stream Saved from the water In a stream Jonah he lived in a whale Jonah he lived in a whale He made his home in that vicious abdomen Jonah he lived in a whale Yeah, listeners, it ain't necessarily so. Going back to the 60s with Normie and a double shot, a triple shot. Kesara Sara.
Hey, that's a far cry from Doris Day. K Sarah, Sarah. Now our third number one one is shaking all over. Gonna be back with some more requests right after this. There you go, folks. Normie Rowe, our special guest this evening. And uh, we've got a lot more information from that man. And it's going to be coming up very shortly. I'm just going to play you a few requests. Also, our special guest for next week. I should announce that, shouldn't I? Dinah Lee. Do you remember Dinah Lee? You'd have to remember Dinah Lee. She's got some cracking songs. And um, she's teamed up with Normie and also... Um, Jade Hurley, they had a whole series of shows this year called um, Three Legends. And as a result of COVID, those things were all cancelled. And you'll find out about it in our chat with Normie. They were cancelled because of COVID, but uh, they haven't been cancelled like permanently. They've been rescheduled for next year. And you're going to find out all about that um, a little bit later on in the program. And I'm going to play you a couple of tracks by Dinah Lee. She's going to be my special guest on the airways next week. Now, we're going back to the requests. I've got to play a song for Jessica. Now, Jessica, this is the first song for her. She sent me through a couple of numbers. And uh, coincidentally, Normie Rowe, that's the song she asked me for. Well, actually, the singer she asked me for. The song she asked me for, going out to you, Jessica, is this one.
Oh, there you go, Jessica, a first-time listener for me and uh, loves her Normie Rose. She's asked me for that track. Ooh, la, la. All righty. The next song I've got to play is for Steve. Going back to Steve, he's on top of the list. I've got some new people that are rang in as well. Uh, I've got one for Stuart. He's in the Newcastle area as well, Lake Macquarie, I think. Uh, he's he's requested the, the Newcastle song. Good on you, Stuart. We'll play that for you in, uh, in a little bit. But before we do that, I've got to play Steve. Steve's next request. Now, Steve, he wanted to hear a song by Renee Gaia. Remember, Renee, she's still going. She's still performing. She is fantastic. And the song he's asked me for is If Loving You Was Wrong. Here it is. What an incredible song. Thanks, Steve. Good choice, my man. i 
there we go, listeners. That's going out to Steve. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. There we go, Renee Gayer. What a fantastic song. I love Renee's music. And uh, thank you so much for that selection, Steve. Okay, this next one is going out to Megan. She's asked me for some Mondo Rock. Song is called Come, Said the Boy. You're listening to Phil C. This is Aussie Flashbacks. Do it every Sunday from 4 p.m. Hey, why don't you check out my website, aussieflashbacks.com.au. Follow me on Facebook or have a look at me on Spotify. Anything you want to hear, 1300 494 988 or message me 0492 994 445.
Oh, there you go, listeners. Going out to Megan. She wanted to hear some Mondo Rock. Come, said the boy. What a great song. Now, I've got to send this next one out. This is going out to Stuart from Newcastle. He wants to hear the Newcastle song. Drive down Hunter Street in their hot FJ Holmes with chrome plated grease nipples and double reverse overhead twin cam door handles. They're sitting eight abreast in the front seat and they lean out the window and say real cool things to the sheilers on the footpath like, uh, you know. And every now and then, of course, one of the young ladies thinks to herself, Ooh, what she thinks. This was the old beach hotel where all the surfers used to hang out and there's some. Rock bands and fights and all those good sort of things, the golden sands. And where this empty block of land is was one of Newcastle's finest milk bars. Every every booth had its own personal selectomatic jukebox, but those sort of things seem to have gone by the board nowadays. Don't you In return for a copy of the Newcastle song, I was presented with a copy of Symphony of a City by the Lord Mayor. Uh, what's so, Symphony of a City? Oh, Symphony of a City is a book about the, the beauties of Newcastle. It's very thick. I see. And anyway, Norman and his seven mates are sitting in the front seat of the hot FJ Holden. They pull up outside the Parthenon milk bar. And standing out the front of the Parthenon was this beautiful looking Sheila. Said young Normie, mumbling something, something incomprehensible about the propensity of rats to go up drain pipes. Oh, he said. Because he'd come top in his class in English, you see. It's, it's still it's still the last bastion of of, uh, of Aust- the great Australian mateship thing, I guess, you know. Well, I find that pretty unattractive and a lot of people do, do you? Yeah, I do really. I um I'm one of these unfortunates that prefers women's company to men's. The bloke on the footpath looked at Norm and he said, What do you think you're doing, mate? And quick as a flash, Norm said, What do you think you're doing? The bloke on the footpath said, Oh, what are you? Norm said, What are you? The bloke on the footpath said, Do you want a go to you, mate? Hey? Norm said, Yeah, I'll have a go, mate. The bloke on the footpath said, Well, come on, get out here and have a go. Norm said, No, get in here and have a go. Bloke on the footpath said, Come on, Mark, what's your name? Norm said, You don't know who you're picking, do you? Bloke on the footpath, on the foot, the, the chap said, Nah, who am I picking? Norm said, You find out. Oh, he's quick, he got no idea. The bloke on the footpath said, Come on, what's wrong with having a go out here? And Norm said, What's wrong with having a go in here? Then all at once, there's a break in the traffic. And as any young Newcastle lad knows, when there's a break in the traffic and you're getting monstered by a nine-foot-tall hell's angel, don't you ever let a chance go by, oh, no, don't you by. Is there much for kids to do in Newcastle? Well, not really. Do you think eventually you might move out of Newcastle? Yes, hopefully, yes. Where do you think you'd go? I'd go to Sydney if I could get the chance. Don't you ever let a chance go Oh, there you go, listeners. Don't you ever let a chance go by. 
Hey, there's a good message in that song. I've got to tell you what, especially if you're a young boy from Newcastle. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you so much. That was good. We haven't played that one for ages. Now now he's going to ask me for goodbye, Auntie Jack, or something something like that. I've got to keep the music coming your way, okay? I've got some, uh, got some brand new listeners. I've got Greg. I'm going to send him out a song shortly. Before I do that, though, I've got to play, um, I've got to play a song by um, a good mate of mine. He absolutely is completely obsessed with this with this band i got to tell you what and um it, it was this would have to be i would say his most favorite song by this band okay because we pretty much get a request for it from him if not weekly certainly fortnightly okay and he actually looks a lot like this singer of this band especially when he puts on those dark glasses and his beanie the song he's asking me for is a number called little queenie by buffalo and it's going out to wizzo at party central this is phil c folks on the aussie flashback show do it every sunday start at four o'clock
Oh, there we go. That's some classic Buffalo heavy rock from the 70s and an incredible song going out to a Wizzo at Party Central. All righty, I've got to play a song for Greg from Kingswood. Now, Greg's not rang me before. He's a brand-new caller for me, first-time listener. Thank you so much, Greg. And he said he's going to follow me on Facebook. He's asked me for a Normie Rose song. And uh, straight after this, we got part two of the Normie Rose special. The song he asked me for, and it's going out to Greg in Kingswood, is a track called... It's not easy. Thank you so much, Greg. Oh, there you go. That's going out to Greg in Kingswood. Brand new listener for me. Thank you so much, Greg. And uh, I'm about to play the second part of the Normie Row interview, folks. Now, if you missed the first part, it will be on my, on my podcast. You can check it out on aussieflashbacks.com.au. Now, the first part, we finished it with um, he was called up. Normie was called up to go 
to the war. He was actually called up for national service, and here we go with that. I came back, I think I arrived back on a Saturday. I did a concert at Festival Hall in Melbourne on the Sunday, and then on the Monday I flew to Sydney to the Sydney uh, post office and filled in my my uh, forms for a national service. And, and I didn't realise by doing that they would ban me from going back to the UK and continuing continue what we'd started and were starting to be quite successful at doing, uh, and that is to make some some headway in uh, recording in in the UK. Uh, we just had uh, it, it, it's not easy and Ulala Ulala was had got to. Well, Ulala was the first one that got into the top twenty in the UK. Okay, uh, and then I, uh, it's not easy was about to be released, and then I went home, and because it's not easy had been played extensively in Australia, and I, I came home and and blow me down. Uh, they they tell me, okay, you put your papers in, you can't leave Australia in case oh. you never come back. That's, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. So had you had you realised that though, Normie? Had you realised that? What would what do you think you would have done? Because you were in England, you were performing, touring. You're on this crest of a wave. Do you think you would have come back anyway? Did you have to come back? Well, I was in a. I, I had a bit of a dilemma there because I was really lonely. I, you know, I mean, I've always loved Australia. I had. I've never really had any ambitions of of uh, making anywhere else my home and um, and, and I haven't uh, and maybe that's my glass ceiling to a certain extent but um, I, 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 I certainly know that it's uh, we mentioned John Farnham before and I know that it's John I reckon anyway that it's John's glass ceiling because I'm sure that uh, his manager Glenn Wheatley would love to have been able to you know, put John into the international stage like that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think John wanted to – he felt out of his uh, comfort zone, I think, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which everybody everybody's entitled to. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, had I – well, I don't know. I'm – I'm not the draft dodging sort of person. No, not at all. You know? Not at all. But you had a career that was, you know, that was pretty much destroyed after after you made that decision, which is which is pretty tragic, really. That there was a very heavy price to pay for you. Well, it was, especially the way it was done, because in fact, if the government had been honest about it on the day, they, I would never have been called up. They they kept having ballots because because uh, Harold Holt needed some good publicity about the con- conscription. They kept having ballots until they got me, and it was the idea of the the, uh, um, the the military attaché to the to the uh, prime minister. He, he said, "What you need is an Elvis Presley. You need to get Normie Rowe called up." And he said, "Well." Who's Normie Rowe? Oh, he's a big Australian pop star and, and popular with the kids. Oh, okay, so let's have him. Okay. Um, and it was once I once I was called out. I started to realise there was something funny when I was touring in WA and uh, I uh, <clears throat> I was at Kalgoorlie 
and the phone rang downstairs and they said, it's you, Normie, and I came down. In those days, hotels only had one phone. Uh, I went downstairs and I answered and, and the guy said, um, yeah, look, I'm from from the, uh, the Canberra Press Gallery. Uh, how do you feel now that you've been called up? And I said, "Wow, I haven't been called up. I don't know. Mm. Oh, yeah, you have, but I don't know. I haven't been called up because you haven't oh, been notified. Have been. How do you feel?" I said, "How do I feel? I don't know. And how do you know? How would you know anyway?" Yes. Oh, we 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 have our ways. And I went, oh, "Okay." So I hung up, and I phoned mum and dad, and I said, uh, "Had you? Because remember, I was only twenty. That's I was correct. Yeah. Barely twenty. Yep. And and uh, I, I said, have you had any uh, information about the National Service? I said, no. So we went on with our tour and we did Albany and uh, a couple of other places and then came back to Bunbury and I was at the radio station in Bunbury and they said, there's a phone call from your parents at, uh, uh, at, down at reception. So I went down to reception and I was talking, Mum said, we just got the letter in the mail that you, you've been called up. And that was about five days later. So the press knew five days before I did. And I thought to myself, you know, that's, that's really a personal thing. Absolutely. You know, it's an intimate part of your life. Why would somebody else be allowed to know that? Uh, so it was obviously leaked. By, by the federal government of the day, by Howard Holt's government, yes. was leaked by him or his government or his publicity handlers. Um, and uh, the information, that shouldn't have been in their hands anyway. It should have been in the hands of the Department of Labor and National Service. So they, there was somebody there who told, who had political connections to tell the, the um, political party who was going to make hay out of it, you know. So I just, uh, I said, I, I accepted it. I was pretty depressed for about six weeks. So I, I, that, that was probably the first indication of depression, which is it was a nat- natural, nat- natural natural thing yeah, of course. Uh, for most uh, for most young, young blokes who were called up. They, mm-hmm. you know? So... Um, I uh, I accepted what was going to happen, but then when uh, I, I could see from the day that I was I went presented myself for national service until about uh, a week later, I started to realise that all they wanted to do was have people poking cameras at me the whole time. Yeah, and I said, "Hang on," I, I ended up going to the. Uh, uh, well, uh, s- some people up the chain of command to me, and I said, "I didn't. I, I'm not in this for for the publicity. Yes, you know, I've I've been called up. I just want to do my job the way that everybody else has done it. I'm not really. I'm not interested in better treatment, and I'm certainly not interested in worse treatment. I won't be doing any press. I won't, uh, and I won't be. I won't pick up a guitar and sing." Unless it, unless I decide I want to do it, oh, 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 oh all right. And then I, I got to know the uh, the press, the major who was in charge of the press uh, uh, communications, the Pakapanyal, 
uh, Major Robin Cooper, who was a lovely man. And I told him how I felt, and he he ended up playing um, uh, playing defence for me. You know, he was in front of the game the whole time. He was just a marvellous player. Um, and right through my whole two years in the army, there were people wanting to take photos and all that sort of thing. And I got to know a couple of them, and whom I trusted, and I knew that they weren't going to turn it into some some sort of uh, um, you know. I I, I was. I was concerned that if I if I wasn't doing my job properly, somebody might get hurt. Okay, and it might not be me, and then I'd have to live with that for okay. the rest of my life. But but you how know? how would it have made you feel, Normie? You you they got you because of who you were, pop star. They wanted to turn you into a celebrity soldier. I mean, like similarly with Elvis. I mean, why? How would you have felt when you realised that they got you by constantly? Um, you know, I'm redoing the ballot until they managed to get your name out. Well, I didn't know that until no, more no, recently. You, yes. So, so how do you feel it. now? How do you feel now? Because you've known about it for oh. a number of years. So well, angry. To a certain extent, Phil, to a certain extent, it's sliding doors. Uh-huh. What might have happened if if that door hadn't have been opened in that direction? It happened to have opened in the, in the older age. Would might I have had the success that we were aiming for in the in the UK? Uh, my suspicion is yes. I think we probably would, right? Because I I had an eye on what everybody else was doing and what I needed to do, what sort of work I had to put in, when I was never scared of the work uh, to achieve what they were achieving. So I think yeah, eventually we would have had some success on the recording thing. There would have been television. There would have been perhaps some stage shows, maybe pantomimes and things like that um, in the UK and and eventually perhaps some some success in the US. But in in uh, uh, in, in in the long term, you know, I, I was I was called up. I was in the army. Uh, I spent two years out of the industry. Um, completely, and then then there was a, about uh, a year that I spent in the UK out of the the industry in Australia. So um, it was that, and then when I came back, we started to do this tour. When we came back, uh, it initially was slow, but it really took off in, in between um, July and December '67. And then, of course, in uh, January '68, I was called up. So, uh, who knows? Who knows what might have happened? Yeah. Um, but the thing is that I, I've had a very healthy disrespect of politicians. Yes. Um, and a suspicion that they will do anything to improve their own personal lot, uh, and they're not really interested in in uh, representing. Their constituents—they're re- interested in representing themselves, and by and the way that they do that is to uh, ingratiate themselves for their own, to their own in political party. Look, um, I, I don't, I don't know, Normie, how anybody though. Let's let's just put your music career aside for just a moment. I mean, from what I understand, they got you by 
constantly, I'm going to say, fiddling the ballot until they got you. Now, what about if, God forbid, you'd been killed? A mother's lost a son and a father's lost a son and all because they wanted to have a pop star in the army? I mean, my goodness. Phil, 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 sorry, slow down. Yeah. All you have to do is look at what's happening in Victoria at the moment with the the inquiry in into the hotel uh, quarantine situation. Right. All the politicians and all the people who had who were paid. Let's face it, they're getting paid mm-hmm. seven hundred thousand dollars a year yep. to have the responsibility to make the decisions, and they don't remember who did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, yes. one per, one person one person's life doesn't matter to them. Mm. If if all the people who have died since that hotel quarantine debacle took place, if all of those people died and nobody is responsible for it, why would they bother being responsible for a pop singer who, you know, was was a bit of fluff on on their 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 egos are immense. I have never I've never seen a pop star with a an ego as big as a politician's. No. And I've, I've spoken to a, n- a number of them, and I just, I just they they have this thing that they're somewhere just above God, you know, and they're not responsible for anything, you know. I'm, I'm looking at, at the politicians who are running the show down in Victoria, uh, and, and you look at it and say, well, don't you understand that the buck stops with you, you know? You put the people in charge to look after that and you have to take the risk. If, if my manager makes a mistake, it's on me. It's not on him. Right, yep, I've yep. Given him, I've given him the responsibility to make decisions on my behalf. Mm. Okay. If he, if he buggers it up, then I can't go back to him and say, oh, look, you buggered it up. I might say to him, let's not do that that one again. Right. right. But every, you know, unfortunately in Australia, we have got this ethos that says it's not my fault. It's no. not my fault. Yeah. And when was the last time to, that somebody you know had a car accident and, and, and actually said, it was my fault, that car accident. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to really think hard. Well, yeah, actually, it happened. Would, I actually, would, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Why would, why would you have to think about that? Surely if it was your fault yeah. or somebody, if it was the, the responsibility of the person who was driving or whatever, yes. surely they can say, yeah, look, I, I buggered that up. I think, I think in older times, yeah. It used to be the Australian way. Yes, we've got absolutely. now we've got this ethos where we say it's pure and simple. We say it's not my fault. No, everybody's looking for and a I loophole. Really think, well, look, the federal government uh, paid uh, something like thirty million dollars for the block of land for the for the Western Sydney Airport that was worth uh, three million. Now, who made that decision? Who made that? That person, that person should have to pay the money back. Yep. And yeah. if they can't pay the money back, then they should be made to go broke. 
Can you imagine all of a sudden people would be making good decisions right, left and centre? Mm, yeah. If you were responsible, responsible for your stuff, for your up. decisions and your actions, exactly. And so, you ask me, you ask me, <laughs> uh, surely these people might might have a conscience. Well, surely, surely uh, you've got to be joking. I'd, yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I'm, if that was me making that decision, and then. I've because me in this the way I'm listening to this and the way I've heard it and the way I've researched it, what happened to you never should have happened in relation to the subscription. And if that was me and you'd been killed, I don't know how I'd forgive myself. But then you're not a politician, no, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm you're not. not a bureaucrat, no, no, and, and they only see numbers, they see numbers, they don't see names, no, no. Well, in your situation, yeah, then, let me tell you something, yes, let me tell you something. I delivered on on a uh, uh, long can day on uh, Vietnam Veterans Day yes. this year, yeah. 18th of August. I delivered a, an address at a um, uh, at, at a, a local RSL, a suburban RSL in Brisbane. And at that morning, I was listening, and uh, Darren Chester, who was the um, the Minister for Veterans Affairs, said there were something like. 69,000 Australians who served in Vietnam. And I thought, isn't that amazing? Because they've just found another 9,000. Okay. Because there was was a little over 50, or there's more than nine, maybe maybe 15,000. But when we did the welcome home, we knew of getting on to 60,000. And now there's sixty nine thousand. There, we knew that there were five hundred and four killed in action. Mm-hmm. Now there's five hundred and twenty. Okay. Why do? Why don't? They, didn't they know exactly how many served and exactly how many were killed? Well, you would expect them to know. On the day, on the day today. You would expect them to know that, wouldn't you? The in name of time, every person. The name of every person who, who served and the name of every person who, who didn't come home. Should have known. You would expect them to know, yes. It should have been in the records. For sure. For sure. You know, look, please, don't. I think we're going, going to have to leave this. Yes, you know, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not... And I'm not blaming one political party or another. I okay. think they are all part of the same brush. Yep. And I, I, you know, I wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could kick, kick them down the road. Yes, my sentiments exactly. Because the minute they get into power, their promises are forgotten, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it's all about trying to, you know, feather their own nest, as yes. my old man used to say. Absolutely. Oh, well, there you go, listeners. <laughs> Some pretty powerful stuff in there, and a lot of it, my sentiments too. I, I, I kind of agree with Normie. There's, uh, there's a lot of things that need to be answered for in, re- in relation to these matters. All right, we've got another couple of parts of him coming up throughout the course of the show. I've got some requests coming in, so we're going to play those. I've got one that's got to go out to Julie. Now, she's not had a song yet. I've also got one for Annie. Now, Annie's requested a song for her other half. So, first of all, we're going to go through Julie's number. She wanted a song by Powderfinger. It's called Already Gone, One Night Lonely. Hey. 
There you go, listeners. Going out to Julie. She wanted to hear some powder finger. There you go. Oh, no, I ain't playing that one. i got a brand new uh, listener who goes by the name of Annie. Now, Annie's uh, up on the mid-north coast, and she's asked me for a song for her husband. Okay, now his name is Kevin. And uh, i got her a message here. It says, I'm going to play it for you, Sexy Bum. I guess that must be you, Annie. It can't possibly be Kev. All right. The song she's asked for is a number called Royal Telephone. Go and out to Annie. 
with the sexy bum. Uh, there you go, listeners. Going out to Annie and uh, with a special little message there from her other half, Kevin. All righty, I'm keeping the music coming your way. Now, if you do want to hear anything special, it's just got to be Aussie, okay? You can call me on 1300494988 or you can message me on 0492994445. Now, I do this every Sunday. I start at 4 o'clock and all my shows are podcasted. So if you've missed any of my past shows or any of my interviews, do check out the website, okay? Um, it has absolutely got some unbelievable interviews on there. We've only been uh, doing the podcasting for probably about the last uh, maybe two, probably three months. And on there you're going to find interviews by people like, um, oh, John Williamson, Glenn Shorick, Kevin Boric, uh, who else? Oh, gee, uh, <laughs> Lonnie Lee, Jade Hurley. Um, this one we're doing with Normie Ray, that's going to be on the podcast. And also, next week, my special guest on the air is the first lady that I've ever done an interview with, and she's a fantastic performer. Her name is Dinah Lee. Now, Dinah's going to be my guest next week because they should have been doing, they, as in Normie Rowe and Jade Hurley and... Dinah Lee, they were supposed to be doing shows all this year called Three Legends, and because of COVID, all those shows got cancelled until uh, sometime next year. So Dinah's going to be on the program next year, and if you think, hmm, Dinah Lee, what did she sing? Well, how about this one for a start? Hello, baby. Hello, 
Oh, there you go, listeners. Dinah Lee. Do you know Kokomo? She's going to be my special guest on the airwaves next week. And this is another one of her big hits. Uh-oh, uh, uh, oh, There we go, listeners. That's Dinah Lee, Petite, and she's going to be my special guest on the airways next week, so make sure you tune in. We've got a lot of great artists coming up, you know. We've got people like uh, Marty Roan, and we've got Digger Varel. Do you remember Digger? Digger Varel is going to be on the the, uh, the show with me. We've got Jeff Duff, and, oh, look, we've got so many artists lined up now. You've got to make sure you tune in, okay? This is the best Aussie radio station in Aussie, okay? It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I'm on Sundays live, of course, taking all your requests. If you want to hear anything, one three double zero four nine four nine double eight, or message me, 0492-994-445. But they've got to be Aussie, and I'll play them for you, as long as they're nice songs, okay? We don't want any explicit stuff. We will play modern music, of course, but uh, it's got to be uh, it's got to be good, easy listening, or good rock and roll, or good good ballads none of, none of the uh, none of the uh, explicit stuff that we don't roll that way i'm going to keep the show coming cuz i've got two more parts to normie's interview and i've got so many requests to get through this one's going out to jessica jessica's a brand new listener for me thank you so much for tuning in jessica and uh, this is her second song selection she's asked me for a number by air supply
There you go, some air supply going out to Jessica. That was actually requested for uh, Bill, who's actually um, her other half. Okay, so there you go, going out to Jessica from Bill. Even the nights are better. Now, I'm going to send this one out to Chris from Party Central. Wanted to hear some rock and roll by Old 55. Stop. On somebody's front lawn And the boys 
folks yeah i saw you in there and you were with the rest of us and that of course was all 55 now um if you have a look at my website and i keep saying this because i I really want people to uh to go and check it out because it's such a good website and of course there you're going to find past shows and interviews because he as in frankie J, was one of my um past interviews and he's on there, so go and check it out, okay? It's um, aussieflashbacks.com.au. And if you go on there and have a look at the um, the uh, menu, there you're going to find podcasts, whole shows with all this sort of fun, and the interviews in the show, or you can just listen to the interview if you don't want to listen to all the music, okay? And that's the place to be, aussieflashbacks.com.au, or check me out on Spotify and follow me on Facebook, okay? Because the more listeners I get, the longer they're going to keep me doing this stuff. And I really, really love doing it for you. And also for these old legends, these older, I say old, but they're not old in heart. They're not old in mind, you know? They're only old by their birth certificate. And these guys are still rocking, the girls are still rolling, and I've got to tell you, we've got to keep the music going for as long as possible, okay? I've had my little say. Right, now, I'm sending another song out to uh, Wizzo at Party Central. Wanted to hear some John Swan. 
I was chatting with Swanee the other day, and I'm going to do my best to get him on the program as one of my other upcoming special artists. The song that Wizzo's asked for is a number called Sail Away. Tossing and turning, but it don't feel right I've done a little drinking, and you know I get high But that's no reason for you saying goodbye Maybe you're feeling that I don't care But it's hard to make love when you're sleeping in your chair I tried to make you listen, but the dog only hears And I ain't about to laugh away all your tears So sail away and ride your storm God go with you till you reach your brand new
Hey, there you go, listeners. John Swan, Sail Away. Now, for anybody who's interested, a Swanee is in the process of putting a brand new album together, okay? Why not check him out on Facebook, follow his page on Facebook, and if you want to uh, message him and give him some ideas of the sorts of songs that you might want to listen to on this new album because he's trying to please his listeners. Um, And um, also, if you want, you could possibly make a, a donation to him because he's doing a GoFundMe, you know? It's tough in the industry at the moment. The artists are really doing it tough. A lot of them are just suffering or not being able to get any gigs. And uh, Swanee wants to put out a new album. A lot of people, you know, are putting in um, uh, their requests for the songs that are on the album and they're they're all kind of chipping in a bit. It's not a lot. It's just nobody's asking for huge amounts of money here, but it'd be really good. Because, you know, Swanee is such a good guy and he he, he does so much charity work and he's such a charitable man and, you know, times have hit him and a lot of other artists, um, you know, right between the eyes and he wants to keep his listeners happy by doing these sort of songs. So check him out, John Swan on Facebook. You know, send him a friend request and um, have a look at what he's been doing in relation to this uh, new, new upcoming album. I'm sure you'll be impressed. Alrighty, I'm going to play another j- song by Normie Rowe, and then I'm going to give you part three of this interview. Okay, it's 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 really good stuff, and um, I do want you to stick her out and listen to the full the full one. We've only got two parts to go, and. Um, I'm going to play you some brand new songs. This is one of them. You cannot get this song unless you go to his website. He's got a lot of music up there on Spotify, and he gets paid three and halfpence. He said, so you know it's not right. Artists work; they deserve to be paid for their work. So if you want to buy this song or this album that it's from, you got to go to his official website. You can just type in normyroad.com and it'll take you there. It'll also give you all the information to upcoming shows because next year he has got, and we're going to talk about it in this interview a little bit later on, he has got a mountain of stuff coming up. And this is all COVID, COVID sort of, uh, you know, permitted. And this year, and it's also in this interview, they lost a mountain of work. That was Jade Hurley, Normy Rowe and... Um, Dinah Lee, because of the COVID. They they were booked out all over the country and the shows were all cancelled because of this wretched, um, this wretched, well, what would you call it, pandemic. Um, so all those shows were cancelled. Now, they've got a lot of brand new shows coming up next year and also the ones that were cancelled. So they're going to be flat out if, of course, COVID allows it. Now, this song, as I said, you can't buy it unless you go to his website. So just type in normyrow.com or normyrow official website and you're going to hear this particular song and some others
There you go, listeners. 20 years ago, then that's a brand new song for Normie, and that's on his brand new album called Missing in Action. And I've got two more fantastic songs of his to play, which have come. It, 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 listen to the interview, listen to the rest of the interview. This is part three coming up. You're going to find out what these songs are all about. All right, Normie, let's just move away from that then. Just a fraction. You came back, your career never ever really took off again. We had a new king of pop, which is. I think it was Johnny Farnham. We've mentioned his name. He kind of taken over the music scene. 
And when you came back, it, it had to have changed you. Anybody in a situation of war comes back with scars, even if they're not physical scars. And I understand that the, the um, for a long, 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 long time, you know, nobody really knew what was going on with, with men and women, uh, victims of war. Now we understand all about post, um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I understand that you suffered with that quite badly at some, at some yeah. point. Yeah, probably not as bad as most and, yep. and probably worse than some. Uh-huh. But the thing is that until the Vietnam veterans, when you think about it, yes. this is, this is the, the first military force where it was the most educated Australian military force we've ever had. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, because you know, if it was only taken on the, the, your birth dates that were drawn out of that barrel, so it didn't matter how old you were, what you did for a living, what you did before, blah 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 blah. You were just called up and thrown in, and and I I was in a recruit uh, a recruit um, uh, <coughs> training uh, platoon. Yes. And one of the guys was a doctor, right. and he finished his just finished his time, and he decided to go and do. He ended up being a machine gunner in in a, a, an infantry platoon. <laughs> um, it, it just, they, like I said, it was the most educated uh, um, military force that Australia had ever had, mm-hmm. and so. When they came back and they, and they realised that there was something wrong, then there was the intellect and the and the education to be able to to prosecute the cause of the problems that were happening at the end of the Second World War. Every bloke, almost every bloke came back. Now, I'm, I know that I had uncles because uh, my mum had uh, 11 sisters, something like that, and they were all married and most of them had been in, in the war. I had uncles had been in the RAF and in, in the, the army and all that sort of stuff. And they were... Um, some of them, depending on what they did in the war, they were affected mightily, and some of them were you, came out of it. You could pretty much say um, unscathed in relation to what the others were. There, there was one in particular I know that suffered really badly from PTSD. But PTSD, that as a as a phrase, as a concept, as a uh, as a diagnosis, had had not been invented until Vietnam veterans. Okay. So the PTSD that people go through when when uh, they're held up at gunpoint in a bank or something like that. Yes. That didn't exist before, but now we understand. And you know why? Because we had smart Vietnam veterans prosecuting the case. Okay. Um. There were 10% of Vietnam veterans, 10% of, we suspected 50,000, but now there's 60,000. But uh, there were 5,000 Vietnam veterans died either by their own hand or a single car, single occupant 
uh, car crashes, in other words, by their own hand, Yes. Um, in the first 12 months of them coming back from Vietnam. It's terrible. Terrible. Right. So you have this this um, um, this a massive group of people who were all educated, and you know we weren't of the same generation where you suck it up. My dad, when I came back, my dad said, "I'm glad you're back." Now, the best thing you can do is forget you ever went and don't mention it ever again. Yeah, easier said than done, though. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the, and God love him and rest his soul, but that was wrong. Yes, of course. That was wrong. That was the worst thing that could ever have happened is for me not to re- remember what mm, happened. Yes. You know, I lost a couple of mates over there, personal friends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of people lost a lot more than that, and yeah. let alone their own personal uh, mental and physical health. Yes. 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 So, yeah, and it continues today, you know, it continues today. The young people come back and they're, they're not, they sense that there is, that nobody understands them. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe we're not doing enough. Maybe the older veterans aren't doing enough to let them know that we do understand them and, and that, you know, although we could be fathers and uncles and grandfathers, uh, we're also brothers. We're brothers in arms. Do you think it could be a similar thing, though, to what happened to you, Normie? Because, you know, they sent you because they wanted to send you. And in relation to uh, PTSD, I mean, I heard you say that if you're in a life-threatening situation for six months, that you will definitely be a victim of PTSD. So what yeah. they what they do is they send them over for five months and then bring them back and send them over again and again and again, and it's accumulative. So are they sneakingly thinking, well, we're just going to keep sending them anyway, but just keep them under that six-month umbrella? I don't know that they even realise... I. I, I, if they're realising it, they're they're ignoring it. Uh, this this cumulative uh, uh, response to uh, to war service, um, and then they could say, "Oh, well, there are people over over in the Middle East who have experienced this their whole life." Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, you're right. You're right. People experience it, and and, and it becomes their norm. Yes. But it's not the norm of a person who who spent the early part of their life here, gone over somewhere, become part of a uh, – and it's a violent situation. Yes. You know, where people are trying to kill you, you're trying to kill them or you're trying to stop them from doing something by force. And, you know, it's, it's, it is a violent situation. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and then some some – bloody idiot turns around and says, oh, you shouldn't have been shooting at people. They got, they were going to get hurt. <laughs> they were, well, they were shooting at me. They were shooting at you, so of course, of course. What do you want, you know? Yes. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine somebody coming up with that sort of an analogy, actually. It's just ridiculous, obviously. If I, don't got understand, a- I don't understand why there's a, micros- a, a microscope um, 
sitting on the table with Ben Robert Smith, VC, yes. uh, on on the on the the glass plate. Why he is he is being ostracised? He is a hero. Mm-hmm. He is an absolute hero, and he deserves to be treated that way, yes. the same as people from previous wars have been treated as heroes. Right. Bloody, you know, it's absurd, and these people are just are not worthwhile spitting on. Well, I was going to ask you a question about the, the blow-up you had with Norm, uh, with um, with um, Ron Casey, but I think, we, I think we've said enough about the war. I think we should stay away from this. I know somebody did ask me to ask you that question. They heard about it, but... That, well, actually, one of my listeners, I won't say somebody, a listener a listener messaged me and said, can you ask him? I heard about this this issue on the Today Show, but I don't really know if we need to go into that. I think they should just... Oh, look, let, let's say briefly. Yes. Right, the night before I got a call, will you will you come and be on? I said, no, I don't want to be on the panel. Okay. Um, but, and they, I said, where do you... Where do you think I said, oh, you're a monarchist? And I said, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. How do you, how would you know? I haven't made any position whatsoever on the moniker or anything. I just don't understand what the kerfuffle is about having a republic. Oh, well, come on, and you can have another voice. Right. And the minute I sat down, Ron Casey started, you know, on me just because I was on that side of the chair. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and, and, of course, I didn't realise at that stage that Ray Martin was a rabid, a rabid, uh, um, Republican, okay. um, and and he he generated this whole bloody thing anyway. Oh, really? Uh, so it was a bit of a and, setup. And, and I, at, at that stage, I was suffering from undiagnosed PTSD. Yes, yes. I know now that if somebody had asked me to be in that situation, I'd have said no, and I'd have stuck to my guns. Right. And so, that, yeah, and in hindsight. But, but, I mean, uh, Ron, Ron started in on on uh, on me, you know, personal abuse and personal attacks, and then nice. having goes at, at my my uh, my brothers in the ex service community, my brothers and sisters in the ex community, ex service community, and I I couldn't abide by that. I, I just wanted to show him that the badge I was wearing wasn't the RSL badge. Yes. Funnily enough, yes. Yes. The day before, I'd been voted as the first president of the um, of the the three, three cab association, mm-hmm. uh, a position I didn't even stand for. Um, I thought it was quite an honour. So thank you very much. And at the end of the first twelve months, I handed that position in because I'd prefer to be able to speak not on behalf of other people, but on behalf of myself only. Okay. If what I say happens to fall in the realm of understanding and beliefs of all my brothers, then so be it and, and good. But my attitude is I can only, I, I can only comment uh, from my own personal experience on all of these matters. Okay. Well, you, you had a difficult time there and I'm glad to, I'm glad to see that you came back to us. You weren't, you weren't, Victim, injured, killed. You've come back. You've fought through it all, and you're with us today. And you're still performing. You're, you're still recording. This, uh, these recordings that I've got. This is from your latest album. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, there there are a couple of them. Uh, 
the, there was the Missing in Action album, which yes. is only available on my website. Yes. I, don't, I, I don't want it to be downloaded free of charge. It no. costs too much money. Absolutely. Uh, and there was, a, there was a bit of family angst when I spent the money to put it together too. So, um, But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really uh, an important uh, uh, recorded document for me. Yes. yes. Something to put together. Well, Very I'm, important. I looked at the songs um, "Living Under the Southern Cross," uh, for yep. example. Now you didn't write that, but the no. lyrics—the lyrics that I've that I actually, because I've, I've listened to the the lyrics of it. This must really reflect a lot on on you and and what happened, and also other people that were in your situation. So, is that the reason, I guess, why you wanted to record that particular song on this album? Yeah, well, Colin Greatrix, who wrote it, um, also wrote "What Have You Done for Australia," and and I just both of those songs struck a struck a chord with me. But I understand that I can't ever sing a song that doesn't mean something to me personally. Okay, I've never done that. I've never done that from the first song I ever sung. Right. I've always sung songs that have meant something personally because I think. Then your heart and soul can be put in that song. Yeah. I had lunch with Russell Morris the other day, and and uh, thinking, thinking on on the wings of the of an eagle, and, yes. uh, which he wrote, um, and and uh, the real thing that Johnny Young wrote. Johnny Young wrote that you, one. Yeah. You think about those two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, written by two different songwriters, but sung by the same song, uh, same singer. Yes, and you know that they they meant something. The lyric meant something uh, to, to in both situations, in both songs to to Russell when he recorded them, and they still do today. Is why he's so successful even today. Yeah. Well, I was actually I was actually speaking to Russell. Um, as a guest on my show about a month or so back, and we did ask him about those two particular songs. And the real thing, as you just mentioned, was was written by Johnny Young, and it was really the brainchild of Molly Meldrum, I guess, because he, he wanted to – he was the producer and he wanted that song, and the reason why it ended up being, a um, you know, an anthem was because of that was his brainchild. Now, when you came back from from well, well, just just go back. Yes. The song itself was John Young's brainchild. The production yes. was 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 Molly's. Ian, yeah, Molly Ian, Ian's. Yeah, Ian's. yeah. Um, was was his his uh, work <laughs> and the record and the recording company's money uh, because we had never recorded with big orchestras or anything at that stage. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I had because I'd been in England and that's what they did. But, uh, you know, trumpets and saxes and all that sort of thing, strings and and then spending like five days just recording without the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, you know, we somebody funded it, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Anyway, um, it, it was to be one of the great records of uh, of history and as – uh, as Russell says, you know, Johnny Young, everybody talks about all these wonderful songwriters. No one mentions Johnny Young, and, and yet Johnny Young wrote uh, The Real Thing. He wrote Smiley for mm-hmm. Ronnie Burns, yes. About Me. Yes. He wrote 
um, uh, I Thank You for Lionel Rose, Lionel Rose the yes. very first Indigenous number one song, yes. number one record. Um, he he wrote uh, it was A Girl Like You. Mm. He wrote Here Comes the Star for Ross Wiley. Ross, I mean, Rossy Wiley, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a plethora of number one records that Johnny Young wrote, and, and he doesn't get a look in it. No. I'll write a Absolutely. Although today he is today he has been elevated into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and yes. that's where it should should always have been. Absolutely, absolutely. He's actually a chap I'd really, really love to um, speak with on the on the phone. Actually, on the on the interview, you know, if I can ever, if you ever think he might be interested, please pass me on a number because I would most definitely like to talk to Johnny Young. I think he's an incredible talent that a lot of people don't know a lot about his his writing abilities. Fantastic. Well. Yeah, of course I I can do that for sure. Yep, yep. John John and I are still the best of friends. When I go to Perth, I will stay with uh, with John and Marisha, his his beautiful wife, and we we have a lot of fun. Uh, we do a lot of work together. Of course, uh, it'd be it, it's a walk up start. I can organise that. But Fantastic. but uh, John lives in Perth, and you have to get up. Uh, you have to allow him to get up because he gets up two hours after us. <laughs> Okay, all right. Hey, now you're giving away trade secrets. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I mean, I know there's a two. I know there's a different. Hours, at three hours after three hours, when daylight saving kicks in again. Yeah, with it, with the time change, of course, of course. All right, there you go, folks. That is part three of our uh, up close and personal chat with Normie Rowe. Now, I'm going to play those uh, couple of songs he was talking about. That's on his brand new album called Missing in Action. These songs are only available from his official website. So you can either just go into Google and type in Normie Rowe official website. There you're going to find a shop, uh, bio, and all sorts of other fantastic information about Normie. You know, if you go on to other, other like areas like normierow.com, you're going to find upcoming gigs and all that kind of stuff. So there's so many areas to find out about Normie and his music, okay, and I'm so glad that he's decided not to put this on Spotify. Because, as he says later on, you get paid like three and sixpence for a song, which is ridiculous, when music costs so much to make and to produce and to pay artists to to perform and, and record and so on and so forth. So if you want to get this latest album, Missing in Action, by Normie Rowe, go to his website, Normie Rowe, official website, or normierowe.com. Now I'm going to play you these last two tracks and then I'm going to go give you the last part of his interview. The song is called Living Under the Southern Cross, and I'm going to follow that with What Have You Done for Australia? And then the third and uh, the fourth and final part of our interview with Normie. <laughs> Thank you. 
listeners what have you done for australia on his brand new album missing in action now you can only buy this on his official website okay you will not find this album on any of the digital platforms so if you're interested in listening to it in its entirety and it is a fantastic album you've got to go to a normie row official website or normie and there you will find the shop 
and you'll be able to purchase this album, Missing in Action. I'm going to give you now the fourth and final part of our chat. I like to call them a chat with mates, a phone chat interview, if you like, with a great Australian legend, original king of pop, Mr. Normie Rowe. Matey, let's just talk about your, your what's happening for you now because I know that I had Jade Hurley. He was a guest on the show um, about three or four weeks ago and you had okay, all so, these shows. So what happens, what's, what's happening is we're looking forward to doing a tour with Dinah Lee and Jade Hurley. Yes. Um, in, it was supposed to be this year. We, we ended up dropping about 25 shows, which was a great shame, but... Uh, we start again in early uh, 2021, right. and, uh, and and we're also going to be doing uh, another uh, another tour with Colleen Hewitt and Johnny Young, wow. um, as well as a new another Go Show Go Show Gold uh, uh, concert tour uh, in 2021. So next year should be a fairly busy time, wow. and and I'm looking forward to. Uh, Getting back on the boards again. I did a show last week, last weekend, and it was terrific fun. Yes, um, but that was the first show for the year. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. I was amazed that I could still remember my name as they said, "Here he is, Normie Rowe." Who's that? <laughs> Who's that man? <laughs> oh, 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 that's me. That I thought I, I thought he'd gone to England and never came back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. That's fantastic, you know. Like when you say a go show, because I know all the people that performed on that Go album, which um, uh, is is available from Gil Matthews's catalogue from Aztec yeah. Records. Now, are you going to have any of those other performers, or is it? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got um, uh, well, Tony Worsley will probably be there. Is he die? Oh wow. Uh, maybe in Melbourne, at least, we'll probably have. Um, Rosty Wiley. Oh, but Ross is in a wheelchair these days, so it makes it really hard to, to get him around the country. Yes, yes. Um, uh, probably Bobby Bright. Okay. We lost Laurie some time. Bobby and Laurie we lost Laurie some time back, uh-huh. ten years ago now. Yes. Um, and that was there was a dreadful uh, omission to our to our, our over overall sta- uh, stable. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Yes, it's uh, um, it's a great show. It's a really fantastic show, and everybody gets up and sings their hits. And then yeah. we do uh, usually do a fantastic finale, and we have a uh, a great we have a great time doing it. And the audiences just adore it. Yeah, I can and, imagine. I can imagine because of bringing back all those hits. I remember when uh, they did the Long Way to the Top tour, which is going back a few years ago now, and they had all those legends like Stevie Wright and Cold Joy, and and you were there. You were part of it. Um, absolutely unbelievable show, and what an array of artists! Little Paddy, uh, uh, so many. I can't. Lonnie, Lonnie Lee, Lonnie Lee, eighty. Yes. Yet Lonnie turned eighty just recently. He did. He did. Yes. I he'd spoke. be he'd be good for you to have a chat to if I've you spoken. haven't already. No, I have already. Uh, Actually, I spoke. Oh, I, I spoke to Lonnie because he he's got a new album out as well. Um, and yeah, I did, can you believe that at age eighty he's still putting out albums? Oh, great. absolutely. <laughs> Look, the last man standing, really, really, when you think about it. But still sounding as good as as the day he set up on stage, and we spoke about it, you know, and he just says. Yeah. It's, 
Unbelievable. Like, do you do you have to do anything special when you get up on stage, Norman? Do you have to do any 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 vocal warm ups or anything, or you just get out there and do it? Oh, look, I do always. Okay, uh, I, I've, I've always done it, you know. Uh, but then I've got to I've got to be uh, be honest. I attempt to do songs that most people don't don't do. Right. Um, and the songs that most people do, I. I can do without. I can do it on my ear. So yeah. it's it's just for me. It's just a just the way I've always worked. I like to try and do a bit bit more, if you know what I mean. A the, bit harder. A bit more demanding. Uh, a bit more vocally challenging. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, um, I, don't, I I don't know. I, I guess it, it it was started when I was very young, and I just fell in love with. With uh, crying and running scared and uh, town without pity and uh, um, I'm going to be strong, uh, you know that, those big contemporary ballads. You've lost that love and feeling. Those big contemporary ballads that uh, that were just so great. Well, it's one of you. One of the albums which which um, you've got here, which is called Straight to the Heart. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it kind of makes me sad because I agree with you. You know, you're a, you're an artist, and you should be paid for your work. And when you when you look on Spotify, and here's an album which you've done, and they're obviously all favourites of yours. Uh, you know, even the nights are better. Laughter in the rain. Hello, just the way you are. I heard this the other day, and I thought, wow, what an incredible album! And here it is on Spotify for anybody to just go out and listen to. And I'm, yeah, I'm really so glad that you didn't do that with your other one, you know, because if people want to hear your music, they should be prepared to pay for it. Well, that's right. I mean, they're paying through Spotify, but I, I think you end up seeing about, you know, Thrupton's Hapney <laughs> per, per 20,000 plays. It's uh, it's, hard, it's hardly worthwhile being on. No. But yeah, I suppose in, in many ways. Yeah. And, and funnily enough, I didn't put that up there. That was put up there by Gil. Gil, uh, you'll have yeah. to you'll have to slap Gil. You'll have next time he's catch up like, with Gil and you'll give him a slap around the ear and say, well, "Hey, how much money am I getting out of this on Spotify?" Well, Gil, who was Billy Thorpe's drummer for yeah, tw- yeah. forty years, is my guitar player. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask you about that because I, I know Gil runs Aztec Records or Aztec Music in yep. Melbourne, and this is where this has come from. And all your other albums as well that 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 are on there, like um, Frenzy, the fiftieth anniversary collection, and uh, you know all these all these albums that are on there are on his um, catalog. Where I look, I mention Gil every single week, and I play music from his catalog every week because I've got most of his catalog. Um, and I know him as an incredible drummer with Billy Thorpe. Now he plays guitar with you. And I, how did that yeah. come about? <laughs> He just well, he played guitar in bands uh, in his teenage years. Okay. He played with the guys in the Rondells, who were Bobby and Laurie's band. Right. Went to school with them. Okay. Um, so they had a band there, and he played guitar. Uh, but uh, obviously, he was he was a child prodigy drummer uh, and toured toured with Buddy Rich. Uh-huh. Um, for all you young players, you you need to go onto YouTube and and, and have a look at Buddy Rich's drumming because uh, none of the guys who are playing bloody 
electronic drums can ever play like Buddy Rich. No, no. But, but he was he was a prodigy, wasn't he? He was one of the original Mouseketeers, which is how he got his nickname Rats in for, yeah. for Billy Thorpe. And I got that from um, I got that from Warren Morgan. I was chatting with Warren Morgan about a year or so back um, when he was touring with the All Star Band with John Paul Young. And I yeah. asked him um, how candidly, how did he come about? You know, like I asked Warren, why did you become the pig and? Why did he become the rat? <laughs> and well, why did he become the pig? Did well, he tell you? Uh, well, yeah, but it's not really something I, I can mention on air. I don't think. I, right, asked, okay. I asked him candidly. I asked him candidly off air about that. Um, he told me about. He told me about Warren. Um, I'm sorry about Gil being a mouseketeer and calling him um, calling him um, you know rats. But, um, yeah, I, I won't say. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. So what about, tell us All a little right. bit more about your incredible band before you go because you still you still work with Gil and you've still got this other band and I know you said when we spoke before, Gil's your guitar player, he's a drummer and you've got other band members who play other instruments. And uh... Yeah, well, my band is a band that shouldn't exist because I've got a trumpet player who plays drums. Right. But but he's also he's been he was the player uh, the drummer on Normie Rowan, the Playboys, uh, all of the hits. Okay. Uh, and no nobody plays those songs no. like he plays them. Yep. Um, uh, he, he was given a, a great compliment by a wonderful bass player um, uh, recently, and he and, it, and I, he said it to me actually. He said I loved playing with Trotter because he doesn't play the drums like everybody else. He plays the song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And okay. that to me, that's a that's a real compliment. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> Fair enough. All right, mate. Look, I, I suppose I should let you go. I really, you've you've been so generous with your time, and I know you've got quite a lot on. So I I won't take up any more of your time, and I will, with your permission, because this music that you've given to me is not available anywhere unless they go to your official website. Which is, can we plug that? Yeah, absolutely, go. You tell us where the music's available, my friend. Okay, so it's available on www.normiro.com. That's it. That's it, listeners. Very easy, very simple, www.normiro.com. And you can also go into Google because if they go into Google and type in Normiro official website, uh, on the Normie yeah, Row official website, you've got your shop, you've got a, an extremely interesting bio for anybody that's uh, wanting to know about you. You've also got your shop there. And, um, <laughs> and, and as they come listen- in, we've yes. got the gigs, for, the gigs that, are, that eventually will be available. <laughs> we'll, we'll eventually be able to get up and do. Fantastic. We'll I'm, definitely, I'm definitely looking forward because I know you guys are going to be in um, – Foster and Port Macquarie, I think, when this is all... Yes, we are. Yes, yes. So I definitely want to catch up with you three. I haven't spoken to Dinah yet. I want to I want to get in touch with Dinah Lee. Um, uh, Jade gave me her number, so I'll be chatting She's with you. She's a sweetheart. Absolutely. Yep. Sweet. So where's Dinah Lee? What's, you don't need to give me a phone number or address, but where, whereabouts is Dinah now? Where did, what state does she uh, live in? She's in the southern... Uh... In, in what do they call it? In the Shire, I think. Oh, in the Shire, indeed. All right. Well, that's good. That's sort of in New South Wales, around the Sydney area, around Cronulla. Around. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll track her down. 
Good as gold. That'd be great. Mate, thank you so much for your time. So with your permission, because you didn't say yes, am I okay to play these these songs? Yeah, absolutely. Because what I'll do is I'm going to feature them in the program and I want to push people to your website and uh, try and get people to check out this this, – this new album of yours, uh, because as I said, it's not available in, on any other platform. And good on you for doing it, my friend. I, I think it would be so much better if other people did it, because the only way you're going to sell it is to sell it at your gigs, or they buy it directly from you, rather than listen to it on Spotify and you get three and eight months or whatever you said before. Three and, and you get months. something. Yeah, of you course. get something. You of don't course. get. You don't just get a track downloaded. And and the other thing is that. Um, I I always sign the CDs that go out too. Well, um, maybe I'm definitely I'll I'll talk to you after we finish this because I'm I'll definitely want to get something signed from you from this new one. I'm very happy to pay for it. I'm not I'm not. You're an artist. You deserve to be paid for your work. But it would mean so much to me when I spoke to Lonnie. He gave me one signed, and I mean I paid for it. Yeah. I, I said no no no. You're an artist. You, you're entitled to your money. So. I paid him and he signed it for me, and the, getting the signature was worth every cent. So really, it's oh. well. What have you? Um, just send me an address. I will. I'll, be, I'll send you some stuff. I will. Nice. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Normie, for your time, Normie Ray, listeners. Australia's original king of pop. Hey, there you go, listeners. What did you think of that? That is the. Uh, I think that's pretty up close and personal with one of Australia's greatest entertainers, Mr. Normie Rowe. And uh, if you missed any of it. It will be on the podcast. It normally comes up on a Sunday night, but uh, it may not be up tonight. It'll certainly be up by um, this time tomorrow for sure. So uh, we'll just we'll be working on that. Haven't finished yet. Going to finish at eight o'clock this evening, and um, and then we'll have a look at working on that podcast. All right, I'm going to keep the music coming your way. I'm going to play one more track. This is a request. Now this one is a request from Bill going out to Jessica. And um, it's another Normie Rowe classic, and Bill said, can you please send this to Jessica? It's a song called The One Woman. Going out to you, Jessica. Got a lot of 
mistake Well, woman, it's the same with me So before you start to close your heart Maybe I can make you see You could be the one woman I could spend my whole life loving If we let love surround us The world around us will never be lonely again You could be the one woman I could spend a lifetime loving Classic Normie Rose song, folks. Listen, I really hope you've enjoyed the program I brought to you this evening. I've got about 15 minutes to go, finishing at 8 o'clock this evening. Don't forget to check it out next week. Dinah Lee is my special guest. And you did hear Normie say that uh, Jade Hurley and Normie Rowe and Dinah, Dinah Lee, had a whole series of shows, uh, t- more than 25 that they lost. Or, or rather were cancelled. They haven't lost them. They've been cancelled, rescheduled for next year. So we've had uh, Jade and we've had Normie. And next week, I'm going to have Dinah Lee on the program, okay? Now, I've got to send out a few more songs. I've got another request here. This is a classic by Brian Cad, And um, one of my most favourite Brian Cad songs of all time, this one. And he's got so many. He's got dozens. Sadly now, um, Brian Cad's gone to... America, and, and that really disappoints me because Australian legend, I mean, he, he's obviously enjoying life over there. He's a brilliant songwriter and had a brand new album came out um, last year called uh, Silver City, which is his 50th anniversary album, 50 years of being in the industry. He recorded that in Nashville and he obviously decided, I'm going to stay over here. Um, he'd be writing a lot of music for artists over there, so... To Brian, I hope he's doing really, really well for himself. This song, though, getting onto it, is a number called Let Go. Fantastic number. It's happened before, don't come to me, I don't want 
Oh, there you go, listeners. If it hurts to say her name, it's best to let go. Brian Cad, what a fantastic song. I'm winding up now, about to take the headphones off in about 10 minutes' time. I'm going to play a couple of tracks. These are by a band called the Bowden Brothers. Now, the Bowden Brothers are a local band of boys. There's four brothers, and they hail from Gloucester. Now, I'm going to be going to Gloucester in, uh, oh, I think about two weeks, three weeks. I'm not sure exactly. And I'm going to be catching up with the Bowden Brothers. And um, I met them in... Alice Springs, and they're a great bunch of musicians. I'll be catching up with the Bowden Brothers. I'm going to do a bit of a live on-the-spot interview with them. I may even do a live show from there. I haven't yet decided. I do have the technology now, thanks to JS, my uh, my good friend and colleague, who's uh, virtually got me in a position where I can broadcast from anywhere in Australia. So I may do a live show from there, um, or I may just do some acoustic uh, stuff with the boys and uh, do some recordings and play it at a later date. But the Bowden Brothers, um, four boys from Gloucester, and they're fantastic. I'm going to play you uh, one of their covers, and I'm going to play you uh, one of their originals. The cover is a number called Diamantina Drover. In the photograph are faded And I can't believe he looks so much like me For it's been ten long years today Since I left for old Cork Station Saying I won't be back till the droving's done For the rain never falls Dusty Diamantina The drover finds it hard To change his mind For the years have surely gone Like the drays from old Cork Station And I won't be back Till the droving's done Seems like the sun comes up each morning Sets me up and then takes it all away For the dreaming by the light Of the campfire at night Ends with a burning light of day For the rain never falls on the dusty Diamantina The drover finds it hard To change his mind For the years have surely gone Like the drays from old Cork Station And I won't be back Till the droving's done Sometimes think I'll settle back in Sydney But it's been so long and it's hard to change your mind For the cattle trial goes on and on And the fences roll forever And I won't be back 
until the driving's done. For the rain never falls on the dusty diamond tina. The driver finds it hard to change his mind. For the cattle trail goes on and on, and the fences roll forever. And I won't be back till the droving's done. Oh, that's the Bowden Brothers listeners, local boys from Gloucester, and I'll be catching up with them in a couple of weeks' time, and we'll be doing some recordings by the campfire, I think, and uh, I might even do a live show from there. I'll just, I'll just see how things pan out. Now, this is an original by those boys, and this is a track called uh, Trisha's Song. Tomorrow brings And don't let yesterday Upset things Don't let anyone Stand in our way You and I know What we have to say To people who Want to know What's been going Tell them everything's fine, nothing's wrong I'd like to spend some time with you for a while I like the way you look, the way you smile Every time I look into your eyes I get this feeling deep inside I feel the warm touch of your tender hands I feel your heart beating a true romance I'd like to sail away with you on a mountain Oh, the moon and down the other side Catch the stars and bring them home Bring them home Bring them home to you Tell you all the thoughts inside my head We share our views and we can understand What it means to have a real good friend Now and then things don't seem right That's when I hold you close and squeeze you tight
fantastic song what a brilliant band the Bowden brothers a band of brothers they really are there's four of them and they hail from Gloucester and I will be catching up with the Bowden brothers in Gloucester uh, I think in about two or three weeks and um, I'm going to do an interview with them I'm going to do some live recordings we might just sit around the campfire and, and record the crickets and things and and these boys acoustically entertaining us they're fantastic i met them in alice springs and they are really a nice bunch of guys and it's going to be so good for me to catch up with them again and i think the last time we did i had a hangover for about a week but boy it was worth it and we had such a good time um ordinarily i'll be getting ready to wind up but you know what i'm just going to extend for a few more minutes because um we have a gentleman whose name is Jim Cassidy. Now, you might have uh, remembered that we sent Jim a cheerio because he was in hospital. He'd had open-heart surgery. And I got a, uh, a message from his sister, Carolyn Collins, who said, can you please send him a song and brighten his day and cheer him up? And we did, and we played him a song called Hey True Blue. Now, Jim is um, looking like he may be leaving hospital tomorrow. To go to another hospital for rehab, which is closer to the family. Um, so, fingers crossed, Jim, that you're going to get your rehab uh, hospital transfer so your sister can come and the rest of your family can come because obviously they're all missing you and they want you to just get well soon so that, um, you know, they can get you back home. Back home, which is where you belong. Hospitals are okay, but you don't want to be stuck in there for too long, my friend. Now, we played him a song. And I'm going to play the same song because Jim sounds like a real fair dinkum, true blue Aussie to me. Get well, Jim. And this is from your sister, Carolyn. Hey, true blue. Don't say you've gone. Say you've knocked off for a smoker. And you'll be back later on Hey, True Blue Hey, True Blue Give it to me straight Face to face Are you really disappearing? Just another dying ray Hey, true blue True blue Is it me and you? Is it mom and dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is it Stan and boy you mate? When he's in a fight Or 
just Vegemar Trouble I'm asking you I trouble Can you bear the load Will you tie it up with wire Just to keep the show on the road Hey, true blue Hey, true blue Now be fair dinkum Is your heart still there? If they sell us out like sponge cake Do you really care? Is it me and you? Is it mom and dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is it standing by your mate when she's in a fight? Or just there's your There you go, listeners. Hey, True Blue, going out to Jim. Now, Jim Cassidy, you get better soon, my friend, because your family's missing you, and uh, they just want to get you home all safe and well. I've got to finish up now, listeners. I'm, uh, I've had an incredible evening. I've got to tell you, I, a lot of new listeners. We had, uh, we had Greg from, um, from Kingswood who rang in. Thank you so much, Greg. Jessica, she's a brand-new listener as well, and Bill. We had Annie and Kev. Um, Steve... Megan, Chris, and Mark, Julie, and um, so many others that didn't actually want me to name them. Okay, but they did ask me for songs, and we didn't we didn't actually name them. People don't like to always have their name broadcast on the radio. So it's a fantastic evening of uh, of Aussie 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 flashbacks. Now, don't forget if you want to catch up with any podcasts or. Um, of previous shows or interviews, go to my website, aussieflashbacks.com.au. Follow me on Facebook, okay? And also check me out on Spotify. And if you're travelling on the road, you can get me on the Vast platform on Channel 634. Now, 634, um, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie only. You can request on the app. If you've got an app, you can, uh, if you want the app, you can get it from the Google Play Store for Android phones. 
and uh, we're just waiting for permission from the Apple people to have it on the Apple phones as well, okay? So as I said, I'll go through them again, aussieflashbacks.com.au, the vast platform, 634, 24 hours a day, Aussie music only, Spotify, and also follow me on Facebook. So until next week, folks, with my special guest, Dinah Lee, thank you all. And good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Good night.